0: MLM Nation, Episode 79.
1: Be stubborn and be relentless about what you're doing here. You have to be able to remind yourself every single day why you're doing this and wake up every single morning with that same passion and drive as if it was your first day.
0: If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to to MLM. Nation presented
1: by your host Simon Chen, where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income
0: earners. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chen, and I'm fired up. I'm excited, and I'm proud to have one of my good friends, and also someone who I coach with, and just watch him grow so quickly over the years. A special guest today, Nancy Ong. Nancy, are you ready to make it happen? Totally. Hi, Simon. I'm happy to be on this call. Nancy Hong was an introverted, quiet, and untalkative Boba girl working at a tea shop. And for those who don't know what a Boba girl is, it's a barrister at one of those Asian tea places where they serve these tasty iced tea or coffee drinks with this tapioca kind of black and brown beads inside a drink. You can look at it online what Boba is. That's B-O-B-A. And if you met Nancy back then, you never thought she'd be successful in life as a bobo girl. But Nancy got involved in the network marketing profession at the age of 20 years old with no experience nor a college degree. But she chose MOM because Nancy saw it as a way out. She could be successful without a fancy resume and Nancy proved herself right. In just a short time, in her first company, Nancy built one of the largest Gen Y teams in the entire California Bay Area and became the youngest diamond director at her company at only 23 years old. At her current company, Nancy also achieved success really quickly and became a diamond executive in just two weeks. The most exciting part that we're marking for Nancy is, as she likes to say in her own words, the story is not over yet. So, Nancy, I've given MLMation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how you came across network marketing.
1: Well, Simon, like I said, uh, like you said earlier, I was a boba girl. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a trend in, in the California. And I know like it, it originated from Asia, and then it came to SoCal and NorCal, and now it's all over the place. But that's where I started. I was just a, a humble little boba girl serving drinks and um, – You know, I was actually pretty depressed about my life um, because even though I was young at that time, and hopefully I'm still young now, but even though I was really young, I I contemplated my life a lot and I was always thinking, man, my parents came all the way from Asia to, you know, be over here in America so that I could have a great life so that I can become successful and one day help them out. And at that time, I didn't see that I would ever be able to like give back to them or ever be able to have excess so that I could share more of my wealth but I didn't have that so I was pretty down and out because I also didn't have much of a passion for anything academically um, personally I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel because I couldn't find my I couldn't find my niche I couldn't find my passion and I'm a very passion driven person if I don't believe in something it's very hard for me to to do well at it so I was not doing well in school, I was barely getting by with all my part-time jobs. I also worked at Baskin Robbins and I did loan processing on the side, so I have a little bit of real estate experience. But it was just very minor, um, getting paid very little to just get by. And I envisioned myself. I'm like, man, in five years, where would I be? And you know, in ten years, where would I be? Would I even be able to live the life that I I, I thought I, I could have when I was a young girl, or younger than that? And the answer was no. I really didn't believe in myself. I didn't have much faith for my future. It was so gloomy. I was so depressed for being just a twenty-year-old. And um, that—that's how my story started. It sounds kind of depressing, but that's where it started. And I'm just so glad that uh, network marketing came into my life. I wasn't looking for it, but I knew I wanted to be successful, and I knew I was praying a lot for an opportunity. I had no idea what network marketing even was when I first looked into it, but when I saw what it was all about, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my my way out. This is my chance, and that's all I needed, and I I guess that's where where the story has led me to today, and I'm just so glad that it came into my life.
0: So how much were you getting paid as a bobo girl? hour. I
1: was getting paid I I was getting paid oh so little back then. It was uh, this was 9 years ago. So, uh probably around I think 7 7.25 at the time because that was the minimum wage. And I would get a 25 cent raise every half a year and I don't know if that was uh that was proper, but that's how much I got paid.
0: Wow. And what about Basket Robbins? Um uh,
1: minimum wage there as well and making tip money and I used to
0: um, I used to scoop really big scoops for the customers, so they
1: would give me a lot of
0: tips. <laughs> Gosh, too bad I didn't go there. <laughs> so, so aside from eating lots of ice cream and then you get these cool boba drinks, it wasn't much of a future. No, yeah. so, not at all. I have to ask you this. What is the most popular boba drink?
1: The most popular boba drink was the, the green milk tea, actually. It's a very safe way to go, but I, I personally really liked it. A lot of the customers liked it a lot, too.
0: All right, so Emma Nation, if you don't know what boba tea is, now you know what's the most popular drink is. Go to, go check out online the next time you're there. Go check out. Is the green tea, you said. The green, uh, green milk
1: tea. Green also known milk as jasmine
0: milk tea. Green milk tea. There you go. So, getting back to network marketing, who, uh, how did you come across it? Did a friend? How, how did you? How did your friend approach you? And what was your initial? So you, did you join right away, or you're skeptical? Or was it like, how did you get started?
1: My story will always be like a pretty funny one. Um, one of my good friends from middle school or junior high, uh, she, you know, we've been friends for a long time, so there was definitely a trust there. I I was definitely looking for a way out, but I'm not sure if she really knew. Um, however, she did call me at the right time, and she told me to come check this company out and it should be able to help me with my health because obviously I was drinking a lot of boba tea and, um, eating a lot of ice cream. So I wasn't that healthy. (laughs) So she told me that this would help me out with my health. But uh, on top of that, it was also an opportunity for me to do something different. And uh, at first I was very, very skeptical and I really just went to the presentation because I felt, you know what? She, she worked up the courage to call me and it seems like she's really into it. So I'll do it for her. Literally. I, I went and I sat there and I listened to everything for my friend, not really for myself, because I didn't know that this would be something I'll I'll even be good at or even be interested in. But I wasn't I wasn't ignorant, you know. I could still hear what the presenter was saying, and as as negative and skeptical as I was, everything made sense after after the presentation was over. It made sense. I saw that people could make money in this industry. I saw that it was. Definitely doable because the girl that was presenting, she was a, a UC Davis a graduate, She looked like she could have been my cousin. Um, she was around my age. So that kind of gave me that boost of confidence like, okay, you know, this is more real now because I can relate to someone on stage. But I was still too fearful because I felt that I didn't have the, the qualities or the characteristics of doing anything in this sort of network marketing uh, profession. So my biggest step uh, step back at that time was not believing in myself. It wasn't a money issue, it wasn't anything of that nature. I had the money saved up, um, but I just did not believe if I could do it. I didn't think I would like it, and I was definitely a B. You know how you know how an A is someone that wants to get started, a B is someone who wants to think about it, and a C just wants to be a customer at the time. That's what the the lingo that they use. So I was a B. I had a lot of questions, but because she was one of my good friends, she pressured me into signing up. I'm pretty sure that's not the way you're supposed to do it and that's like the the biggest, you know, thing not to do. But, as a friend, I, I did it for her as a favor. Kind of just to get them to stop trying to, just kind of get them to shut up, I guess. <laughs> so, I signed up like that. It was so weird. I signed up like that. I had so many questions still and I was still so nervous but luckily, she was pretty on top of things. Like, she drove me to my my first training the next day. So even though I had so much skepticism and I was so worried, going to training the next day was really what saved it. That's when I, was, I, can, I went from skeptical to being, oh my gosh, I, I can kind of see how this has so much potential for me, you know, how I could actually do this. And it was because of that training that I decided to, to give it a, a full shot without being hesitant anymore.
0: So ML Nation it's really important to get your distributed trained ASAP. Uh, so, Nancy, at that training, what was what made the impact? What removed the skepticism?
1: It was the fact that the training was not all about sales because I mm. was definitely expecting that and I was prepared to be annoyed, but it was not about sales. It was very little about that. In fact, it was more about personal development. And, you, you know, I, I came across a lot of people in this industry now that really enjoys the personal development part of this, this profession. And what I learned during that training was more things that I could apply to my life and not just towards the, the profession, you know? So I'm like, hey, I could use these philosophies to be a better person overall. I could be happier just having these sort of, uh, this sort of knowledge. And I felt that I gained all my money back within that one training because of the things I learned that day.
0: Wow. So MLMH, that's really the additive of a leader. It's like... I love the way you said it. Like you gained all your money back, even though you didn't actually earn a check, but you learned it back in education. I think network marketing. One of the best things about it is number one. I think the most valuable part of network marketing is the relationships you build. I mean, even just Nancy and I, we met through network marketing. Uh, We've been good friends, and it's been so cool just like to to be able to hang out and get to know each other. And so the relationships is very important. Number two is the education, the self development. It's like this is like Robert Kiyosaki says. It's like the real business school, right? Because you're learning. So get your team to convention, get your team to trainings. Um, and so, Nancy, let's go back to your story. So you, you went to the training, and you, you, know, you said you got your money back because you learned so much already. And just one training. It's really incredible. So did you have success right away, you get, or did you have some growing pains you had to go through?
1: I definitely had growing pains, but I did have small successes um, along the way because I took action immediately. So I did see paychecks right away. But they weren't big. They were, they were paychecks, though. And to me, I felt like that was a good sign. And because of that, I just kept going and going and going. And I didn't reach a level of success or anything crazy, I would say, or anything too monumental until about nine months into the company when things really started taking off.
0: Mm. What was the turning point when it took off? What was the aha moment that helped you take off? That's,
1: oh man, you're giving me so much like flashbacks right now. (laughs) (laughs) I remember like eight, nine months into the company, obviously I had quit all my jobs because I'm the type of person that goes all in or I don't do it at all. So I quit all my jobs and I decided to do this full time and I've been full time um, all the way up until eight, nine months. So I've been living off of a savings account that I had and there wasn't a lot in there. But, you know, day by day, it would get smaller and smaller and smaller. And after eight, nine months, that's when I I saw the bank account and I knew that, okay, I can't live off this now. I'm starting to use up all my money. That was um, for me to kind of support myself as I grew my business. And my business wasn't growing fast enough, you know, during that time where I could supplement all the money that I needed. So at that particular time... I was still training my team, still motivating the team, still talking about the residual income and, and the life that you could you could live when you do become successful. And but deep down inside, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But yeah, I'm struggling. You know, I'm struggling, but I'm still the speaking of hope for so many people that still come out to this training, that still working hard, and they're doing good too. And you know, some people are just hanging on to to my training because that's what got them through the day. And At that point, I was really thinking, should I get a job again? And I actually, you know, mentioned this to a friend of mine, and she was going to help me out. She said, you know, my company is hiring. If you're really serious about this, send me your resume. So I remember she called me while I was driving in my Honda Accord at the time on the freeway, and I was really contemplating, what should I do? What should I do? Um, I really need this thing to grow and and blow up right now. Um, I got that call from her. And it was basically the final call. She was saying, "You know what? My company is looking for people right now. We need your resume sent in today." So she gave me that call, and I told her, um, "Okay, uh, let me. I'm still I'm driving right now. Uh, let me get that to you when I'm not driving." So I hung up the phone. I was still on the freeway driving, and I'll always remember her. This moment where I was contemplating, like my whole life, I was like, "Man, I." I quit all my jobs to do this. I'm here, you know, to, to commit fully to this profession. And I devoted so much already. Am I going to wave the white flag and and say, let's go back and get a nine to five. One that I try to escape from. And before I allowed myself to make that decision, I just told myself, Nancy, stop, stop. I was literally talking to myself. Stop. You can't, can't think like this. Your team needs you. They're relying on you. You're their hope. You can't contradict yourself. If, if you're saying one thing, you can't go and, and do something else. And I'm not saying that having a job is, is bad or anything. But in, in my heart, for me, it symbolized me um, kind of giving up in, in a sense, even though it wasn't going to quit. But I, I literally slapped sense into myself, like, nope, Nancy, have faith. And I'll always remember, I kept saying the word faith to myself, have faith, have faith. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. You know, it's going to be fine. Don't give up now. Don't quit. You know, don't, don't go back and get that job. Don't send that resume. So I called her back and I said, you know what? It's okay. I'm I'm going to continue to build my business and I know it's going to work out. And actually, that was my turning point. That was my turning point when I hung up that phone because the month after that, I hit the next highest rank and that was when, after that day, money never became an issue for me ever again. And I never had to worry about my bank account ever again in that sense. You know, I was always able to take care of myself and it's been nine years since then or eight years and um I've never had a job again so I'm just glad I didn't I didn't wave that white flag at that moment
0: that is so inspiring now why did you think you had the turning point was it because that you mentally before that you didn't go 100% in you still had like a back like a back out like oh I can get a job but because you went mentally in then everything just happened
1: I think I was mentally in the, the entire time. It was just growing pain. Mm. It was just timing. It was just timing. Um, and it was me learning, learning the process, making mistakes, fixing it, trying to do it right again. You know, it's a, it's a process. And I felt like I want, I needed the process to work faster. But, you know, you can't force the process. You can't force it. You, you, have, you can't build out of desperation. So I, I couldn't allow myself to, like, um, you know, give up at that point knowing that it's going to happen in time I just have to keep going at it and that next person that's going to come in I'm just going to make sure that that person becomes successful so that I can help myself at the same time
0: it's really so inspiring I'm so proud of you because I think you know I mean you agree to that you just shared a story like success is definitely going to happen as long as you stay in the game but most of the time success doesn't happen at the time that we think it's going to happen we always want it to happen quicker right and like, mm-hmm. we give up way quick. We just keep on going. Like you said, you just kept on going and success was right there. It was like, the, you know, three feet of gold. You were right there and you went through and you got that gold. So super cool. Now I have to ask you this because when you were at that stage, you said your bank account was dwindling, dwindling, and you, but you still had to motivate your team. Like some people, like some distributors the students will listen to this. They may be in that situation where their bank account is dwindling, but at the same time, they got to be fired up, motivate your team. And so how did you get yourself to keep being that positive energy for your team, while on the other side, your bank account's dwindling? Because we've all been yeah, there before, they're... right? Yeah. Go ahead. Because yeah, we all been there before. So how did you do it? You know, I know we used
1: to train with this manual, and this manual um, talked about the emotional roller coaster, how, like, every time it goes up, um, it's going to go down, and then when it goes down, it's going to go back up. So I trained on that. I always talked about keeping, like, an even keel and not not letting this roller coaster control, like, your business. So I knew I was training these things. I, I was, you know, talking to my team about this philosophy. So any single time that I would feel really down or uh, really emotional because, let's say, I had a bad day or my, my parents weren't being supportive or friends that know to me, I would always remember what I trained my team and it just wouldn't feel right if I, I let the emotional roller coaster get to me if I was telling my team that they shouldn't.
0: ML Nation, that's so, such another awesome leadership lesson. It's like if you want to get good at something, you teach it. Right. If you wanna good at good you wanna get good at sponsoring, learn it and then teach it. And like Nancy was teaching it and about motion roller coaster and then you she's a leader, leader's lead by example. the more she teaches it, she actually catches herself. Hey, I can't be too down. I can't be too up. I've got to be even keel. And even when you're down, hey, this is the part of the business because you were teaching people from that manual. That's a really good tip. Yeah. Now, what would you consider to be a proudest moment in network marketing?
1: I don't have, like, one huge proud moment, um, but I do have a bunch of little ones. And uh, oftentimes those proud moments are when I see my friends or people that I really care about, when they get their first yes or when they um, sign up their first member or they get their first customer and you see their eyes light up. Like, I, I'm i proud when I see that happen. And there's there's a, just a bunch of little ones uh, throughout the week all the time. And, and I, I I really like it. I like that feeling. And it makes me really, really happy that I was able to play a part in that. And uh, um, that that's the best way I can answer that question.
0: Have there been a moment where, like, it's your worst moment in network marketing? Like, you, and I think the difference is like most distributors will have quit. But you kept on going, you persisted, and because of that, you learned valuable lessons and you are where you are today.
1: Hmm. Um, I, without getting into too much detail, like the worst moments or the most challenging moments of my entire career was really um, kind of outgrowing Certain people, you know, outgrowing certain philosophies that didn't sit right with me anymore, and having to take a stand for it and, and doing something about it. Um, not everyone took that the right way, or or saw that the way that I saw it. And I, a lot of people that I cared about, even misunderstood me. But I feel that, you know, in order for me to be successful, I have to do things that feel right in my heart. And a lot of times. We may even adopt wrong philosophies from people that I adopted it from other people, you know. So, um, I, I'm not trying to be too detailed about it, but there was a point in my business where I had to do what was right, even though it was not popular and a lot of people were unhappy with it, but I had to do what I felt was right. And over the course of the years, then people start to understand why I made certain decisions.
0: Mm. And that's a true sign of a leader. Um, I always say leaders make the tough decisions. Leaders—they don't like to make them, but they make the tough decisions regardless of the criticism or the lack of understanding from people. And I think that's what separates you, Nancy, from others. A lot of distributors are scared to make those decisions, but you are brave enough. You had the courage and also the vision to do it. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, I want to touch on this because I know you're about your family background. And, you know, I grew up in Asian uh, background, too. You know, my parents are immigrants. And it's like a stereotype. And it's actually really true. A lot of Asian parents, they preach education, right? School, 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 school. And your parents are the same way. And you were, like we always joke about, you were like the ugly duckling in your family. You have a sister that went to Harvard. Harvard, got a full valedictorian high school, full scholarship to Harvard. And you have another sister at UCLA. And while you barely made out of high school. Right and even have a college degree. So how did you deal with that? Neg- Were there like negativity in family, or like the sisters looked down on you, like, or people looked at you differently? How did you deal with that? Because a lot of distributors can't handle that type of like being different, but you embraced it really well. How did you deal with that?
1: I felt that even if I try to live the life that. You know, my parents expected of me, such as um, the, the traditional route that my sister took, I knew that I would be very, very miserable, and I would have to live with that. And I have uh, so many years ahead of me, and I, I just don't feel like I could live the next 60 years of my life regretting things that I wanted to do, but I never got to because I was so busy living a life for someone else. As much as I wanted to live, make my parents proud and for them to, you know, talk about me at the family party, I knew ultimately what was more important than that was me being true to myself and being authentic to myself and living a life that makes me happy because that's what I'm going to have to live with. And I love my parents. I care about them a lot and I know that they'll get it one day. But I also know that they had their chance at life. You know, they had their chance to live the life that they chose and to do the things that they needed and wanted to do. So I feel it's my turn. You know, let let me let me make my own decisions. And usually, when I have a good gut feeling about something, it's right. I had to follow my gut, ultimately. And I know one day they'll they'll see it, and that's that's what keeps me going. And um, and I'm perfectly fine with that.
0: Yeah, you brought up a great point. Like follow your gut and your heart, right? Because I think every time we follow our gut, we're happier. And even if we make the mistake, we learn from them. And that's not even a mistake; it's a decision, and it's part of our journey to success. And every time we try to live someone else's life, doesn't matter how "quote unquote" successful you are or make money, you're never going to be happy. And so you're going to only live once. You got to follow your dreams and passions. And uh, so thank you for sharing that, Nancy, because a lot—that's something another challenge a lot of people deal with, like the family, the afraid of like the, what the family's going to look at them, how they be treated or people talk about them so thank you for sharing that. you're welcome Now you're a leader you've uh, you know uh, many years of experience what's the one thing that excites you the most about network marketing now?
1: now network marketing is uh, it's so much more popular than it, it was before so it's exciting to see like all the innovation that's going on and all the ways that they've improved it and I, I'm really excited for the entire industry as a whole. Because of that.
0: So you see a lot easier. People are more open-minded to network marketing than before when you first started?
1: It is. A lot of people are open-minded to it now, but now they have more options. So now there's another challenge, right? But that's what, that's what makes it fun. You know, it can't be that easy. So it, you just have to be at the top of your game now because there's so many good quality people coming into the, the profession. It, you have to find a way to separate yourself. And I always think I'm up for a good challenge.
0: Awesome. Now, as we go towards the end of the show, Nancy, some really quick questions to pick your brain. The okay. Fir- the first one is, what's one of your favorite success quotes that's motivated you?
1: Remember how I talked about that uh, one training I went to right after I signed up? Yep. Um, one of the quotes that I heard from the trainer was, your, your attitude towards life is a life attitude towards you. And... That was profound to me, you know, Hmm. this was before, this was before all these uh, people started posting motivational quotes and all the Instagram posts and all those things, it was way before that. So when I first heard that, I'm like, are you serious? I've never heard these things before. My parents never taught me, uh, teachers never taught me, it was just so, it's such a foreign concept. So when he said that, I was, in my head, I was thinking, so you're saying I could make my life better by being more positive? Really, and and that's the way. And it kind of, I, I got hope. I'm like, wow, and that changed my whole perspective. That one phrase right there.
0: What's one habit that's helped you become successful?
1: I would say my determination. I just um, nothing really gets me to stay down. Like I, I could have bad days, and I could have uneventful things happen to me, but I'll get right back up and I'll go at it again.
0: What's the best piece of advice you ever received?
1: To not take things too personally. I know that in network marketing in this space, like, we work with a lot of people. We build relationships. But you can't take everything too personally. You know, when someone says something or when, you know, when bad things happen, you just, you know, you can't take it personally. And I don't think you'll get out alive in this industry if you do.
0: And uh, what's a favorite prospecting tool you use? So, for example, if someone's qualified, they want to learn more, and uh, so what do you send them? Do you do like a, do you meet them for coffee? Do you use a newsletter? Do you use a flip chart or do a webinar? Do you send them a link for an online video? What do you like to use?
1: I like to use success stories from real people that they can relate to. So i I always look for those. Um, if the, if the company provides it, I'll use those. If not, then I'll I'll use the generic one and. Um, you know, MLM Nation is definitely a place that I like to to go to as well, um, as well as Eric Worre's. He has a lot of information about um, people that became successful, successful from all different paths. So I like to do that.
0: Awesome. So you actually educate people about the industry uh, before you actually present the company and the products.
1: I was I, I don't try to educate them about the industry too much. It's more of, like, inspiration. I want them to see that people are actually doing it, and these are real people just like them.
0: Okay, so you show that to them before you present to them, you're saying? No, I show it after. Oh, after. So actually, So the question was, what do you show them when you present to them? What do you show them?
1: Oh, when I show them, when I present, I use the company's videos.
0: Got it, and online I keep videos. It really,
1: really simple, yeah, online videos.
0: Okay, uh, what's one of your favorite apps you use? Or do you have an online resource, like a Dropbox or Gmail that you could recommend?
1: I use I use a lot of different apps, um, but you know, Skype is one of them. Uh, Facebook, does that count?
0: Yep, definitely counts.
1: Okay, I use Facebook a lot. You can get a lot of uh, really good um, potential customers and potential members off of Facebook. Because their Facebook tells you a lot about them. And you can pre-qualify them and see if this is some, some, something that they'll like uh, before you even talk to them.
0: Hmm. Oh, I forgot to ask you this. This is actually really important. This is maybe a little longer answer than picking your brain. But you were a shy, quiet, bobo girl. And I think a lot of ML Nation, they're also introverted, quiet. So how did you build your business successfully? Like, what tips would you give out to shy, quiet people out there?
1: Oh my gosh, so many things. Um, I'll try to keep it short. Uh, Yes, I was introverted. I still am. And a lot of people are. Like I would say half the population is. But it doesn't mean that they don't know how to be extroverted when when they need to be. So I'm introverted by nature, uh, extrovert by choice. And I know when to turn that switch on and off. Um, And I, I suggest for anyone that is introverted... You know, you don't have to be embarrassed about it. You know, it's it's not a deal breaker. In fact, you can be massively successful and be introverted. But you need to know when to be what. Learn extroverted skills. Learn how to learn how to network. Learn how to be friendly. Learn how to be social. You don't need to be like that twenty four hours a day, but you do need to be that when when the time is necessary so if you're in a social gathering don't try to be an introvert if you're at a networking event don't try to be an introvert you gotta know when to turn it off and when to to be natural and be yourself like at your own time you know when you want to just kind of hide in your room like don't be like that 24 hours a day
0: And since I know you personally so you're a very you're also a giver you're very caring I think so even though you're quiet, how did you sponsor, you? going back to when you first started, how did you sponsor your mm-hmm. first couple of distributors? Is it because you were a caring, giving person it's just people just trusted you?
1: I was very real, you know, I was really real. I didn't, well, even though I was real, I didn't go ahead and present the information all over the phone. I, I kept it short still, but I did tell people that, hey, you know that I am naturally skeptical. and I'm an analyzer. Um I'm always quiet because I'm observing all the time. So trust me, I have I have a good feeling about this, you know, and I normally don't get excited. So if you see me excited, there's something there, and I want you to see what I see. I don't want to, you know, for you to get mad at me later if it does blow up, if I do take this really seriously and you're not part of it. So that's how I usually invite. I tell them my, my true perspective, and then I tell them why I think they'll be good at it, and then I asked them to go and, and come see it with me from someone that is an ex- expert. Over time, it changed. You know, my invite obviously changed. Um, but at first, like you just have to kind of keep it real like that and talk to your friends like you normally talk to them. Don't don't all of a sudden turn into this robot. You know, just be you. Um, but invite authentically and that that will really help you start off your
0: business that's an awesome tip i think because most people they're real people but once it comes to the business they become like robots because they think oh how do i transition to the conversation to talk about the business right but if you're just real like Nancy says, just imagine like you weren't in the business how would you talk to these people just be yourself and people will naturally gravitate and be interested in what you're doing Mm -hmm. what's one book you could recommend to mlm nation
1: one book I really recommend is called Emotional Intelligence by Travis Bradbury. Um, I really like that book. It it helps you be more aware of your surroundings. It helps you be more aware of yourself and how you handle social interactions um, as well as personal interactions. And I, I really like that book. It really helped me a lot.
0: And ML Nation, I know you love audio because you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing free audio book at mlnationbook.com. That is mlnationbook.com for your free audiobook. Now, Nancy, here's the last, last question, the million-dollar question. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Before we go to the million-dollar question, ML Nation, I know you want to grow your business, and I know you want to earn more income. So that's why I want to share with you something that will instantly help your business and increase your income. You already know the importance of sponsoring, and if you can't sponsor, the fact is you simply won't earn any real income in network marketing. Sponsoring is so important, and that's why I'm inviting you to a free training that will change your business forever. I want you to check out my free sponsoring workshop webinar, where you're going to learn how to invite more prospects, overcome the objections, and sponsor more distributors. You can register for this free training at www.sponsoringworkshop.com. Again, that's sponsoringworkshop.com. If you like these podcasts, these podcasts for MLM Nation and these trainings, you'll find this free webinar even more helpful. This is the training that helped me earn over a million dollars in MLM and giving me the residual income so I can be a stay-at-home dad my kids and also have the time to give back and produce these MLM Nation podcast episodes for you. This is the training, the skills that helped me become successful in network marketing, and you're going to learn this at this free sponsoring workshop webinar. So here's some of the things you would learn and get. You're going to get the first step you must take before you even talk to your contact list. You're going to discover the three type of prospects and how you must talk to them differently. Okay, not all prospects are the same, they're different. You also get my proven cold market scripts that'll help you convert strangers into prospects. These are the things that helped me. I mean, I didn't sponsor 200 people in a year, but I sponsored over 80-something people in one year. How would your business grew if you sponsored 80 people in a year? You also learn how to get prospects to overcome the objections. So, listen to your presentations. You know, an MLM objection, how to, you know, I don't have any money. So, you're going to discover, you're going to learn all those things. And also, the best part is you get my famous six figure clothes. So, you can sign up prospects. And this is the same script why it's a six figure clothes. Because I used it to sign up one of my party friends. This guy was a party animal. And I used that six figure clothes. And he joined, and now he's a diamond director and earns me a six-figure passive income just from one person. And so you'll get the same six-figure close on this free webinar. So anyway, enough of what you learned. What you really need to do now is register right now or write this website down. It's at www.sponsoringworkshop.com. Okay, sponsoringworkshop.com. This free webinar is offered three different days. That's the cool part. There's three different days at four different times so, they can, so that anyone around the world, because I know ML Nation, you guys are global, you can listen to it. And even better, if you don't have the patience, you want it immediately, there's an option. If you go to sponsoringworkshop.com, there's an option to watch it now immediately. So you can watch it right now and learn. So start learning the skills to help me build a million dollar ML business and go to sponsoringworkshop.com. So I look forward to seeing the training. So now you know about something that's going to help you. I have to share that with you. Let's go back to the show and to the million-dollar question. Here's the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. You didn't know your sisters. You didn't know your family. You didn't know your friends. You had no one. You're kind of like an alien from another planet. You landed on Earth, but you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first Mm -hmm. thing you would do to find prospects and build an MLM business from scratch?
1: Very awesome question. Um, one of the biggest things I believe is that if you want good things to happen to you and if you want your business to grow, you have to give first, and then you, you'll you receive later. So if I was brand new in this area, no one knew me, I would find ways where I could contribute to the community, whether it's through volunteering, whether it's through um, something where I can help other people. And I would donate my time, you know, And to start building a network through that, that way, people aren't just wondering like, "What are you trying to get from them?" You have to kind of give first and serve other people first, and then in return, they'll they'll like you more as a person. Then they'll trust you, and then they're willing to hear what you have to say. But you always have to give first.
0: As we wrap up, do you have any last words or advice? And then, what's the best way our listeners can connect with you?
1: My last words of advice is. Be stubborn and be relentless about what you're doing here. You know, you you started this industry because you had a dream, and that dream, you can't just throw it away when one bad thing happens or when times get hard. You have to be able to remind yourself every single day why you're doing this and wake up every single morning with that same passion and drive as if it was your first day. So I know it's easier said than done, but that's that's what makes success so great once you achieve it and you know for myself I'm constantly improving that aspect too just making sure I wake up every single day with that same passion I had the first day that I joined um, if anyone wants to reach me I have a website it's called nancyon.com it's spelled n-a-n-c-y-o-n dot com I have blogs on there I have free audios. so go ahead and connect with me on there or you can find me on Facebook it's just my name, Nancy, and then my last name, O-N. I will try my best to respond to your
0: messages. MLM Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you will be hanging out with Nancy Ong. So keep up the momentum and go to MLMNation.net and type in Nancy at the search bar. And the show notes and all the nuggets of wisdom, the great resources, the quotes, the books that Nancy talked about will be right there. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So, Nancy, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and ML Nation appreciates you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much, Nancy. God bless you. Thank you. ML Nation, that was so inspiring, especially from a friend and someone who I worked with just watching her grow. just watching her, I mean, I coached with Nancy a couple of years back, just watching her grow as a leader and the maturity, but You know, the amazing thing about MLM is that on the outside, when she saw her at 20 years old, a bobo girl working at Basket Robbins, you know, you probably never thought she'd become successful. And what is awesome about this profession is like it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter what race, what ethnicity, what age, what education, anyone can be successful. And Nancy just had a genuine heart. And she, I think, gave her really good advice is when you approach people, even though she wasn't quote-unquote trained, right, she's just being genuine, being real with people. And I think... Something that holds people back is, you know, when they approach your friends, they are they just weird out. You know, like oh, because be, and when you weird out, the reason it happens, you're thinking about yourself. You think, oh, when can I sell my business? When can I bring up the opportunity? When can I sell the products? And instead, just be. Imagine you were in the business. How would you approach people? Right? You just be real. And so, a shy, quiet person like Nancy still could still could have success. And It's really, really inspiring. And just the fact, someone that you never thought on the outside could do it, made it happen at a young age as well. And she's built up two big teams in two companies. She's done it over and again. She's proved that it's not a fluke. And another thing that was inspiring, the turning point, like the three, you know, in Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill talked about the three feet of gold. Like a lot of times, and I love this quote of the Asian um, Chinese saying, the temptation to quit is greatest when success is right around the corner and write that down. The temptation to quit is greatest when success is right around the corner, and I actually learned that. I read that from somewhere else, from Bob Hoffsons, who founded GoDaddy, you know, the GoDaddy who sells the domains, and he thought about quitting, but that, right before he quit, that's when he hit the takeoff. Right before Nancy was about to give in, wave the white flag and go get a job, right after, that, she had a big breakthrough, and even for me, back in when I built a huge team in Malaysia, just when I was about to quit and said, forget it, that's when it really, really took off. So, Remember, the temptation to quit is greatest when success is right around the corner. So when you are feel like you're quitting, don't quit. Because if you keep going, it's the success is right there. And success never happens when you're expecting it, okay? If it did, the money wouldn't be as good. But most people would quit. But if you keep going, you will get it. Another thing that Nancy talked about is the self-development, you know? She went to one training. She had an awesome attitude. Even at 20 years old, even though she wasn't quote-unquote educated, she saw the value in network marketing and that self-development. Life skills. Just like you know, your attitude towards life has how life's attitudes towards you. So let me ask you, Emma Nation, what's your attitude towards life and business? So all leaders are positive. You know, All leaders like Nancy, they go through the same stuff or through the same hard times. I go through challenges, but we have a positive attitude. And you know, I've never, someone once said to me, oh, Simon, like, why are you so positive? I can't, you know, um, positive attitude doesn't guarantee you success. And I was like, that is true. But I also have never met anyone who was positive with a negative attitude. Someone with negative attitude never became successful. And right, you will probably have people in your life who are negative, criticizing, complaining. Never, never, trust me, I can put all my money, never been, achieve anything great in life. So, uh, having that positive attitude, to self-development, and the motion roller coaster. Nancy was wise, wise enough to know that hey, this business is about up and downs. When's up, you know what? It's normally not that great. But also when down, it's also not that bad. And so you, it happens as part of the business. People quit. People don't join. People may, you know, leave. Hey, it's not that bad. But when, and then because for every down, this always goes up. It goes up and down, up and down. But it, as long as you stay in the game, the overall trend. We'll go up. And I, I mean, so many tips from Nancy. It's just uh, incredible. It's like the last thing she taught about was, you know, the best way to get good at something is teach it. So she taught about the emotion roller coaster. So while she's teaching, she's like, "Oh my goodness, this is the same things happened to me? I gotta stay even and not let that affect you." And the book she recommended, Emotional Intelligence, is also really good. Go get that. I'll, we'll put that in the show notes link. Okay, I'm talking on and on. I love Nancy. She's awesome. I mean, I don't love her as like a lover, but I just love her for what she's done for the MLM profession. How she inspires a lot of young people for her background. Make sure you go to MLMnation.net. T- type in Nancy. Connect with her. She's very active on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Connect with her and go to her website. Her website is really good. Has good blogs, very motivating, good stuff on there. She's a good online presence, so definitely connect with her there. And Emma Nation, if you like this, make sure do you know do us a favor here. Go to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a review. Uh, just let me know your honest opinion, how you like the show. And then the best compliment you can give is to share it. You know, share of your uplines, share of your downlines. Like Nancy shares with her new distributors, share with cross lines. You know, we're all in the same profession. Um, that's why over ninety ninety million people excuse ninety million people were in, you know in direct selling we, you know we will be a country like almost four times the size of australia that 's how awesome this profession is. you know sometimes with negativity we may get lost, but we 're an awesome profession you know, I love this because it allows me to fulfill my purpose during life it allows me to do these inspiring interviews like these awesome leaders like Nancy to share with you it allows You know, uh, and network marketing allows us to be fulfill our unlimited potential, right? Like, someone like Nancy can be successful. Bobo Girl, allows us to be better givers, giving back more. Allows me to do you know, do ML Nation, give back more. Allows us to be better parents and create a legacy. Just think of the legacy that Nancy's creating of all these young people, Gen Y, that she's inspiring. So we're an awesome profession. Be proud of it. I'm loud and proud to be a network marketing professional. And remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all.